Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. And this is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, support the Ravens. Nevermore. Wrestle Talk. Keith Lee is getting a WWE mega push. He truly is unlimited or limitless. Limitless? Sounds like a phone carrier tagline, to be honest. I'm Mr. Davis, and I am rejoined by my foe, my eternal arch nemesis from this point forward, lukewarm Luke Owen. Hello, Mr. Davis. Uh, for the, If you didn't catch up on the streams yesterday, this guy... Got his job back. Can I get a yes, please? Give me a yes, please. I'm back up until All Out 2, and I'm going to officially fully get my job back, and we're going to determine the inaugural Jam That Champion. Yeah, well, let's that's, that's not count your chickens uh, just yet. This is just a contractual nicety for the building to All Out 2. I want to get those viewers up. I'm going to exploit this for the analytics, mate. I'm not going to do it uh, for you to get your job back. Right. Let's yes, get into the yes, please. No, stop giving yes, them yes, please. pleases. Stop yes, being please. so polite. It's a lame, yes, it's a lame yes, catchphrase. Please. Let's get into what you really want, which is what I know you want. That is Keith Lee getting a mega push at last night's payback. Overall, an okay show, I would say, yeah, an above solid. average show. I thought it was a really solid pay per view. Overall, a very solid. I, I, I mean, I. We could talk about the main event, which I was not massively into, but I thought overall, what a solid show! It's, it's. I've been thinking about this because I think for SummerSlam, which went three hours, I was like, you know what? That was a four out of five show. They gave us clean finishes. They had a killer angle at the end of it with Roman Reigns returning, and it was, it was only three hours, a merciful three hours. And now here I'm like, huh, all the matches were okay. Uh, a couple were really good. And it was only two and a half hours. And I thought, is this my, is this my cr criteria for enjoying a WWE show? 
that it's not over long. It doesn't outstay its welcome. And the wrestling's okay. Yep. Well, do you know what? I think because we didn't get a lot of that in 2019, you know, think back to the lows of Helena Cell and sort of like the real down point of last year. And I think that now we're just getting solid wrestling and solid wrestling shows. Two weeks of, you know, solid wrestling shows. Hey, do you know, maybe we can't really complain about that. Well, now the bare minimum has been satisfied. It's a five out of five. And a part of the big reason for the enjoyment of this show is Keith Lee beating Randy Orton clean. It was the shortest match on the pay-per-view. Only went about six, six and a half minutes, really. Uh, Keith Lee still has the vest, which, you know, it, it does. It's less. It's unflattering on him. I don't think it's a good look. He's still got that crappy music, um, which we were told was going to be changed by the time the pay per view came around. I'm just assuming they didn't. They weren't able to come up with something better in that time because there was only a week. There's loads of like sort of backstage shenanigans here with WWE not liking the music rights deal that CFO Dollar Sign had made for uh, like all those great NXT themes for and Keith Lee's was one of them so they just pushed it to one side but he did have those sexy tight shorts back on absolutely the uh, yeah the bicycle shorts were back again so that was a that was a big improvement but like the, the the music thing it's it's really funny to listen to because it's the start of the NXT one the like oh Baskin is going, is going for he is limitless and then it just fades out and then a new song just fades in. It mm. is the most minimal effort was put into making that theme song. That's what I thought DJing was as a 13-year-old. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to remix this song, Man in the Volume Up button. Oh, yeah. Yep. I'm going to bring it down. Now it's quiet. Now it's quiet. Now it's loud. Now it's yeah, for when it drops. Um, so, yeah, that was that is all, of course, you know, not ideal. But ultimately... As we said on Monday, and I hate to say I was right, just like I was right about Roman Reigns turning heel. Will you will you give me a yes, please, for that? No, the uh, we will not give you a yes, please, for that. Uh, Keith Lee is getting a massive push here, where it's not about all of these little changes that they've made to his character, which, are, you know, aren't great, I, I agree, but ultimately they're superficial, they're cosmetic, because... What get those comments off the screen? What really matters is the booking and presentation of where he is on the card and having his debut pay per view match beat Randy Orton. And this isn't like Randy Orton from a couple of years ago, this is the top heel in the company, arguably the top star in the company in terms of mainstream recognition of all the other people on their roster right now. He beat him in six and a half minutes without one iota of Drew McIntyre interference, which was what we were all speculating going in. I think had WWE brought Keith Lee up on Monday and had him have that in-ring segment with Randy Orton and where he was like, I want to challenge you to a match. And Randy says no. And then later in that episode, it was said, it was announced, they're going to have a match at Payback. And then we fast forward to Payback and Keith Lee beats him in his debut singles pay-per-view match, beating Randy Orton in six and a half minutes, there would not have been 
all of the chat last week that he was quote unquote buried, that they've botched him. There, like, there would have been those that would have complained that the music sucks and they've made him wear a vest, which is true enough. But I also think a big part of what people's problem was is that he had that match with Randy Orton that only went a handful of minutes and it ended in a DQ finish, which, which you know, Keith Lee lost. I think that if they have just sort of not done that Raw match and just done this match here, I don't think the chat would have been the same. Yeah, I, I agree. You would have gone right into. I think. I think a lot of the debate would still be around the music, the music, and, and the, and the yeah, costume the change. Best. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you would. Yeah, because coming out of that, I did, no one was really talking about how Drew McIntyre chased off Randy Orton. It was a. It was a DQ finish at the end. That that was some of the chatter, sure, but I would say eighty percent of the vitriol was definitely aimed at the music change and the tights and the vest. Um, but yeah, this match itself was just, it, it, look, it wasn't a crazy good match. It was a, it was a Randy Orton main roster style match, which means he's going to get you in a headlock. He's going to try and grind you down and slow down the pace. But it was only six minutes. That's a big plus because then you can tell a story around you know, it's not, it's not, they're not trying to put him in a 15 minute match right off the, right off the gate, because that's not where his strengths are. His strengths are being incredibly athletic for his size and for cool facial expressions and no cells of chops, which is what he did here. And Randy Orton, to his credit, because I, you know, I don't see that many people saying, man, Randy, but well done, Randy here, because he's such a fun figure to poke criticism at he made keith lee look like a million bucks here yeah and it's weird as well that this was basically the same match that they had on raw which mm. was randy bumps around like a madman for keith lee and the commentary are putting over keith absolutely massively the difference here is that it had an actual finish and the new guy won in like such convincing clean fashion like i on my live stream last night i was like well man randy orton's going for the rko here it can't be the end of the match it feels like they're you know only really just sort mm. of getting going into like the, the the second gear of this match and then literally from out of nowhere keith lee blocks the rko hits the spirit bomb and pins him one two three and that was it like it, keith lee the nxt caller an nxt caller <laughs> beat the top heel in the company in their first pay-per-view singles match mm. clean as a sheet. I was, we've been so conditioned to not expect this sort of thing to to happen. You'll never see it coming. I didn't see this coming and I was beyond thrilled. You know, credits to WWE. They have seen something in someone. At long last, they've seen something in an NXT call-up and they're pushing them to the moon. Well, would you say Keith Lee is the physically biggest NXT call-up they've ever had? Apart is that Drew? what's... Drew, I'm not counting Drew. I'm not saying he's an NXT call-up. I'm saying he's a WWE return. Okay, yeah, that I, you're absolutely fair. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, maybe he is. That's where I think that's the secret here. Just be bigger, tiny vanilla midgets. <laughs> Adam Cole screwed. I think yeah. he's shorter than me. <laughs> um, so interestingly, it isn't just us saying there's a mega push. It's not just everyone 
watching the show really and seeing what's being presented on the on the product it's also those goddamn dirt sheet backstage reports because alex mccarthy of Talksport, very reliable has uh, reported today that one of the wwe sources of his has reached out and said vince mcmahon asked autumn personally to make lee a star in their payback match last night and uh, that the quote here is Imagine how high Vince has to be on someone to have Randy Orton put them over clean as a whistle. Orton, doing the best work of his career, wants to help create that next that next generation of stars. He gets it. Um, I'm re- reminded of, do you remember the second punk podcast that he did with Cabana? Like the follow-up one to mm. that podcast that he did, where he told a story about how Vince Mc... Like, he, Punk was put into a three-on-one situation that he was going to win. But the directive from Vince McMahon was make that guy look like an absolute star. And that guy that he was referring to was Roman Reigns. Vince McMahon is not often telling people, make that guy look like a star, even if you're gonna like even in a losing effort, make them look like a star. So not only was he told to make him look like a star, he was made to go out there, make him look like a star, and lose to them. That to me suggests that Vince is ludicrously high on on Keith Lee at the moment. And we've got to separate this from the... Because how many... It's become a running joke in the office in 2020 that Vince McMahon is high on backstage Raw star. Vince McMahon high on new WWE star. WWE officials... Yeah, WWE... Ridge Holland, I've heard. (laughs) It's just just nonsense at this point. Yeah, so... This this one feels different because yeah. they're they're getting undercard matches on Raw, tagging with Andrade maybe, and drawing with the Viking Raiders. This is something quite different. Here's just a little bit more uh, of McCarthy's report. The source said McMahon wants to push Lee to the moon, and he thought Autumn was the perfect foil for him to do that right now. It seems Autumn was only happy to go along with the bus's the boss's orders. Phony wow. wrestle talk. Uh, workers were that loyal so yeah it's that there is like the that not it's a consequence and they book themselves into a corner here and that is Orton's push and momentum off of this I don't think I don't think he's lost as much Keith as much as Keith Lee has gained so net this is a big positive but you know, Orton was built as the the most threatening guy in the company. Edge, Christian, Big Show, Ric Flair. So much, so many resources were put into positioning Orton as the top heel, and then some. And now he's lost two pay-per-view matches in the space of a week. He needs something big now to reset that character back. I mean, I would say bearing in mind that this is wwe and this may sound like i'm being very disparaging of of the company but i don't quite intend it to be that way but he is still part of that wwe championship picture he is still going to walk into a championship match so like this loss is not going to hurt him one iota he's still feuding with the wwe champion he sent the wwe champion to a local medical facility on monday so they're still feuding over the title and because wins and losses don't matter it's not going to halt any momentum that he's currently got in the eyes of like the story that they're telling. It's just, I mean, we said this about Seth Rollins at WrestleMania, like Seth Rollins lost to Kevin Owens twice at WrestleMania. And then the very next pay-per-view was challenging for the top title in the company. 
Yeah, WWE have their their guys. Yeah. And they're, they're, they always they always stay at the top. Everyone else yeah. just kind of gets pulled under by the by the current. Exactly. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile unlimited premium wireless. Ready to get 30 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20 20, 20 ready to get 20 20, ready to get 15 15, 15 15, just 15 bucks a month. So, give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. You should celebrate yourself every day. But some days, you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Do you like quizzes? Do you like wrestling? Do you like watching self-professed experts in their fields being exposed as dangerous frauds? Then you'll love Quizzle Mania, brought to you by Parts Fun Known, the team behind acclaimed wrestling RPG No Rolls Barred. Join us every week as four wrestling pundits pit their knowledge against each other in a cerebral wrangle for prizes, glory, and a bit of good old-fashioned escapism. Enjoy the videos live every Wednesday on Parts Fun Known's YouTube channel, or subscribe right now to have them beam straight to your mobile device. Quizzlemania, it's the showcase of the Amorons. Um, let's see what you guys think in the super chats. Shower Lurker says Keith getting punted and written off TV tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, ye of little faith. Trust in McMahon's creative vision. Blake, could you see Keith joining New Day at some point with his uh, Dragon Ball Z inspired attire? People love it when I say Z 
in the English way. WWE does have a tendency to put people of color in factions together. No, absolutely not. If anything, he'll be in the United States title picture. That's their new thing. Not to put everyone in a faction, just put them yeah. all in one division. I, you know, yes, that is a case. And, and WWE are almost acknowledging that, I think, by, by replaying that biggie Miz talking smack segment over and over again. They played it twice on last night's episode. I, I genuinely believe that's building to a Miz biggie feud with sort of some Kofi racial context, which I you know would be very interesting to see play out if they can handle it sensitively enough. But I, I you know, putting Keith Lee in this position right now is it doesn't it feel like a breath of fresh air? Oh, massively so, because this is what we've been asking for for NXT call-ups for the last couple of mm. years of just like, I mean, I did a list a few years back of like, you know, top 10, you know, the, the, the NXT call-ups rated from worst to not quite as bad. <laughs> and it really was a case of just like, this was awful. This wasn't quite as awful. This was awful, but you know, in, on the erring on the side of good. But this is genuinely an NXT call-up where they put him straight into the main event picture and legit trying to make a star out of someone. I'm not, not not so much as an NXT call-up. I was more referring to an attempt to create some racial diversity in the top oh, of yeah. WWE. Yeah, no, and absolutely, you, you're on that money. But mm. Ollie, this is where he's big, and I think that's where WWE have been going wrong all this time. They probably wanted to push some racial diversity into their main event picture, but they're not any big lads. So, and and you can't go in there unless you're a big lad. It's not racism, folks. It's muscle racism. <laughs> You just want to be big enough. Uh, Hotty Punk says, what do you think of a storyline where Randy can only beat older guys and not the new ones? And it gets into his head. This, uh, this is because he used to kill legends. Now he's the legend getting killed. I've, I've been pitching for that, that kind of storyline for a while where he goes after the younger guys because he has now become, it's, it's I am legend, right? It's, he's yeah. now become the thing that he hated at the start of his career. And now he becomes sort of, psychotically obsessed with protecting that position. Yeah, he, he goes from the legend killer to the rookie killer. Mm -hmm. um, let's do a few on Roman's title win, and then we'll get into the full play-by-play -play of the show. Charlie Davis, if The Fiend really does change people into their true selves, I wonder if that will be the story they use to change Roman back into a babyface. Now, can I ask a question on this one? Is The Fiend changing people into their true selves an actual character thing or is it just something that the internet has made up and attached to the fiend and now everyone thinks like there was that thing it was like oh, if you feud with the fiend you have to turn heel directly afterwards which has not been the case because like you know goldberg didn't and quite a few people haven't either i is it is that actually a character of the fiend or is it just something that the internet wrestling community has made up I think we all love the fiend so much and the associated law that we will scramble to close these logic loopholes that WWE keep creating for themselves. Live Morgan forever as Sister Abigail. <laughs> it's the Sisters never, Abigail. It's a tag forget. team. Uh, Josh Armstrong. Good day from Australia. Good day. Was this the worst use of the ring-breaking suplex spot? Just didn't seem logical considering the weight of the two compared to Big Show and Lesnar. Hashtag hey, Team Luke. Strowman's a big boy. He's a big, beefy boy. Of course he's going to break the ring. Like, <laughs> this is the second time it's happened to him, right? Because he broke it with Big Show as well. It's going to give him some sort of, you know, 
some hang-ups, some some mental insecurities. <laughs> I I know what you mean. I as soon as Strowman got up there, I see so you can go back and watch the live reactions. Watch ours, not Luke's. I and I said, oh, we're getting a ring break spot because it was just the way it was all playing out. And they weren't, they didn't really get up to the top rope either. It was more of a second rope hop up than a than a proper full on rope superplex. And yes, it it felt a bit shocky for shock's reason as a way for Roman to come in. Uh, But with all that said, Charles Robinson took a hell of a bump over the ropes, and I would not trade anything to stop that from happening. I was going to say, I think you put it perfectly in your review when he said he glitched out of the ring. Like, he went into this animation (laughs) to fall out of the ring. It was was incredible. Uh, It's a shame you can't see my whole tie here, because it's hot, and I foolishly committed to wearing a jacket now on all the videos. So I've rolled them up. This is a great 80s look. (laughs) I like a member of Spando Ballet near the end. Uh, so let's get on. Get in all of your super chats. We'll get to every single one of them by the end of this stream. And mark it in your calendars, folks. This comes to an end at All Out 2 this Saturday. Me and Luke. Predictions. If Luke wins, he gets his job back. If I win... Mr. Davis, not only does Luke stay fired, this is just a con- nice tea that he's here right now. Not only do I get Wrestle Luke back, and I'm going to rename it something better. It will also crown the inaugural, which means first, Jam That Champion. The Jam That Championship belt will be around my shoulder, around my waist, not you, Luke. Well, we will certainly see it all out when we get rowdy. Stop doing that. It's, it's annoying. Get rowdy, folks. Get rowdy. Give me a yes, please. You are just a catchphrase shill, aren't you? Uh, Ollie knows what you want. Join the Ollie Authority. Do you like that, by the way? The Ollie Authority. Just it rolled off the tongue. Ollie Thority I watched uh, Don't get rowdy Stop getting rowdy in the chat Calm down (sighs) Uh, Just uh, as as an unrelated thing My partner has been watching It's it's misguided We didn't get to do a podcast thing today So we're just having general chit chat now you know the, the 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 lady clothes brand misguided. Oh yes, yeah. The, there's that one in Manchester, Manchester. Yes. And there's a TV series on it, and the lead person they follow is one of the creative directors, and she's called Treasure. <laughs> and she's a character, and mm-hmm. she her thing is when she's out on the town, she just likes to lick people. <laughs> Oh, that's not a good thing in this pandemic uh, era of no, time, is it? No. Licking, licking it's strangers. aged poorly. And she just goes up to people and she's like, oh, missed you, wait. And just licks their face. <laughs> she a bushwhacker? It's, it's, it, it, it's, it genuinely upset me. I, I, got, in a, <laughs> I got in a right strop <laughs> for, for like half an hour. What's she doing? It's just rude. That person doesn't know her well enough. Uh, anyway. if, someone, if someone, a stranger 
not even like now like now it would obviously be much mm. worse but you know five years ago if someone had just licked me in the street i would have think what a character that is what a, what a wacky personality well it's not random people i think that's the problem it's people on the peripheral of her professional life you know oh i've worked with this person a few times on a photo shoot they're getting a lick when we're all next out mm. it's not endearing it's gross um but i guess it's a wrestling thing as well good old lick yep Mm-hmm. Do you know what else is normal in wrestling? Don't Getting get rowdy. rowdy. Get rowdy. Don't get rowdy. Let's get into the full play-by-play review of SummerSlam. Uh, stop this rowdiness. We have Iconics versus the Riot Squad to kick off the pre-show. Which was, you know, it's it's. I, I think it's a microcosm of the entire pay-per-view in that I liked it because it wasn't crap. But it still was a bit crap. <laughs> oh, do you know what? Like, they, they, this is, I think Sean uh, pointed out that this was like the ninth match that they've had as part of their feud. Sort of mm. like in various different combinations. Nine matches in this feud, which is an insane amount of matches. And the story has been bobbins because it's been told completely out of order. Like, uh, you know, their best friends, like they, they form the team. The very next week, they're showing some dissension. Then the next week, they're fine. Then the next week, they're showing some... It's, it's they cannot tell this story right. And that happened again here in this match because mm-hmm. the Riot Squad came out in matching gear. They did an entrance together and were the best of friends. What was the first spot of this match? Ruby Wright blind tags herself in and then refuses to tag out. I'm like... You're a team now. You literally did your entrance together. You got back. Why are you now showing dissension after just literally 30 seconds ago you were on the same page? With that said, this was easily the best match of this feud so far because it didn't go 90 seconds. And yeah. it was actually one of the better matches of the night. I thought it was really good. Oh, I wouldn't say again. I think that might just be comparatively <laughs> to the rest of the feud. It went nine minutes. <laughs> there was a horrible sequence just before the finish where Liv Morgan screwed up a bunch of things, fell over, uh, I think dropped Peyton Royce. Uh, nasty landing. I hope Royce is okay. She just took this shoulder bump off a double stomp in the corner, which looked horrid. Um, but then, yeah, it's this would be a cool little story because Liv's acting, how she was showing conflict. No, I'm done with this. She walks away, but then, oh no, I do love Ruby. And she runs in and then the riot squad or, or living riot. I think they're calling themselves now live N riot, like rock. Really? Roll. That's what they called themselves in the post-match promo to the, the pre-show panel post-match oh, okay. promo to the piece <laughs> post-match promo to the pre-show panel. <laughs> That was impressive, mate. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, ultimately, I thought this was, it was rather sloppily worked at times. Um, in, in the larger scope of the story, it was infuriating because, like you said, they've worked this out six weeks ago and they just keep on doing the same thing. But, you know, hopefully that's it now. Hopefully they are a team and they can do something like challenge for the tag team titles. No, dude, they're having a rematch on Raw tonight. Oh, no. If it's Iconics versus Riot Squad again. <laughs> or in some sort of form of that. Because, like, I'm, I mean, I'm with you on this one. 
this has got to be the end of the feud, right? Like this feud is now over. They can't have a 10th match in this feud. It's mm-hmm. done now. But I do have this like, I, I this, this sense of dread in the pit of my stomach that I'm going to load up Raw tomorrow to watch. And it's going to be like, coming up later in the show, it's a, it's a payback rematch of Live and Riot versus the Iconics. The whole point of this show, the whole point of having a pay-per-view called Payback a week after the big SummerSlam show is surely to end feuds. I think we got it here, but my God, did we not get that for two other matches on the card? (laughs) Starting with the main show opener, Bobby Lashley versus Apollo Crews. Technically, it's their first match after that classic arm wrestling encounter on Raw for the United States title. They had a pretty good 10-minute-plus opener. Uh, I really enjoyed Bobby Lash's no-sell off a German suplex. Oh, it was uh, wicked. They, they, they worked really well together. I like this match. I would like to see more of them together, but Bobby won in the end, got that master lock in, Full Nelson, and Apollo tapped pretty quickly, but then Cruz jumped the Hurt Bisner afterwards, implying that yeah. this is going to carry on. Oh yeah, this feud is very much continuing because Cruz needs to get his uh, his championship back now that he's just lost to Bobby Lashley. But I think Bubbles taking the title is completely the right move at this point. It always like, it felt like the MVP stuff was building to this point so that, that Lashley could get the belt. Totally fine with that. I think it's it's good to add some credibility to the Hurt Bisner who have really been... Like, they, they lose all the time unless it's Raw Underground. And really, like, that, that doesn't matter a jot. So, because like they dominate Raw Underground and then just lose on Raw the next week, so it doesn't really help them in in any capacity. There was a shot later on where they were walking backstage and kind of cutting a promo as they walked off. They look awesome in their suits together, calling themselves the CEOs. I thought, are they are they going to Raw Underground now? <laughs> we, we should probably talk about this. Raw Underground does not feature in the pay per view world, which you know oh, I'm like. Cool okay, I can kind of get that because it's a raw thing. This this is a different Thunderdome, right? Retribution did not feature on SummerSlam, did not feature at all on Payback, despite WWE seemingly over-teasing their involvement a few times. First off, by calling the the title of the pay-per-view Payback, which means Retribution, the angle on Monday night, I don't know. Do they just not like pay-per-views? Well, apparently, I mean, some people have connected some dots that Retribution have not shown up on the three shows that Roman has been a part of, which is SummerSlam, because they weren't on SmackDown either, and then they weren't at Payback. So I think some people are connecting the dots that they're not attacking the shows that Roman is a part of, maybe because Roman is the leader of of that group. I'll be honest, I really hope he isn't, like, because that is... That's not that does not suit. Like, mm. Those two things do not fit together. Like my favorite thing I've heard now is this Wade, like Wade Barrett is going to lead like a new Nexus, <sighs> uh, and that 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 is about the only thing I with some NXT call ups that I could kind of get behind. But I, I mean, there's a, I think really I mean it's fun for us to connect these dots. But the for me the real reason why Retribution were not on Payback, SummerSlam, or SmackDown is because they're making it up as they go along and they don't know where they're heading to next. So they were like, well, we haven't got an idea for the show. We'll just won't feature them at all. We'll just pick that up on Monday. That's a problem for Monday's writers. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that's most likely it. I was thinking about the Roman Reigns stuff because initially I was like, oh, you don't want to do that. But then I thought, is there a world where Retribution 
could be a new shield. I'm not saying a new shield in terms of popularity and, and, and significance to the industry, but for Roman's character, he's turned heel. Maybe he wants to use his influence to create a kind of family again. And this is sort of a shield, a new shield in his new heel image. I could get behind that. I could kind of see that working. As I'm yeah, saying it out loud, I think it's awful. Yeah, but dude, like the shield were cool. And if mm -hmm. there's one word you wouldn't use about retribution thus far, it's cool. And like, and I'm someone who knows what's not cool. Yeah. And like, and retribution are not cool. You're telling me. Right. So uh, Kayla Braxton is outside Roman Reigns' room. This sort of set up a, a night long narrative about will Roman Reigns sign the contract to be part of the match that WWE announced on Monday? I feel like they're leaving it to the last minute. This is Ollie oh, Davis's yeah. GCSE revision before he oh, became yeah. Mr. Davis and learned to plan at least hours in advance. Yeah, this was like, and and he didn't sign that contract until nearly the end of the match. So, like, WWE contracts work in very mysterious ways. They're obsessed with contract signing segments, yet they don't sign the contracts. Ridiculous. Um, so yeah, that Heyman sort of played off Kayla Braxton. I think they've got a good sort of chemistry. Well, Paul, Paul Heyman can have chemistry with pretty much everyone, to be honest. Mm -hmm. uh, we get Keith. We didn't talk about this in our Keith Lee discussion at the start of the show. Keith Lee's in the locker room. He's warming up and in walks JBL. JBL was on the pre-show panel. He's hanging around and he offers Keith hedge fund investment opportunities at $1 million a pop. And Keith, first of all, this is like, what, what, to what purpose is this? It's lame. It's, it's lazy writing to find a way to get JBL in clunkily. All, all, what they were trying to accomplish was, oh, Randy Orton's really good. You're not going to beat him. With the idea that when Keith Lee beats him, it's more impressive. What they managed to achieve, though, is tell me Keith Lee doesn't make any money. He 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 behaves awkwardly around people like JBL who aren't cool themselves, and it was all a bit of a wet fart. I thought, yeah, I I didn't didn't think much of this segment. Like like you, like I I thought the point of it was to be, hey, Randy Orton's one of the greatest of all time. He if you were to build a WWE superstar from the ground up, it would be Randy Orton. He's a future Hall of Famer. Bada bada ba. You can't beat him because you're a rookie. And then Keith Lee beats him to prove the legends wrong. That actually as a segment would have worked fine. But no, it's about hedge funds instead. Because character. Because Vince McMahon is in his own little bubble. And that's what he thinks about. Uh, yeah, I, I just, I, I never like hearing or having values placed on how much money wrestlers are, like wrestlers have. I think it worked in AEW with the, the $5,000 or whatever suit it was with Jericho. He's quite good at making monetary values work. But WWE always get it wrong. You know, they either go too far where they find someone half a million dollars or too low when it's $500 yeah. fines. So it just it never matches up. And when Keith says, oh, I don't have that kind of money to JBL about this investment opportunity. Like, of course he doesn't. It's a million dollars. But... Yeah. Make it scripting him to say that it just exposes a weakness. But they've done like they do this all the time, don't they? This is with Big Show. Remember when Big Show was like he had to join the authority or something because oh, he couldn't yeah. afford to pay his rent or some nonsense? Mm. It's it's very, very weird. I don't know why they do it. Well, you'd never get rock stone cold. 
Beatitude era stars saying stuff like this. And Keith Lee, like he has so much potential promo wise and charisma wise to recapture that kind of character. Yeah. And the reason why I think it works for Jericho is because Jericho is out <laughs> of his mind and is mm. just, you know, was, like his, his jacket probably didn't cost $5,000. But he just said that it did, or so, you know, however much it was. He just said that it did because he's out of his mind. Not like one of these bad boys. Set you back a mm. cool 10k. Uh, Seamus versus Big E was next. Seamus, unfortunately, not wearing his little hat. Wait, don't be fooled. She's just a regular Malibu Stacy with a stupid cheap hat. She still embodies all the awful stereotypes she did before. But she's got a new hat. Seamus. <laughs> That's very good. Um, yeah, so, well, he didn't come out with these little little pork no. pie hats. Uh, but this was, I really enjoyed this match. I thought, even though Big E got worked over a lot, I bought into the back and forth big man meaty clash style of it all. Yeah. I For me, like I didn't think there was much of an issue with this match. It just because this came just before the Matt Riddle-Corbin match, and those two matches were the exact same match. Mm. So I kind of, I in hindsight, I've looked back on this match kind of dourly than I had done when I was actually watching the match because it was, you know, two big lads, meet, you know, slapping some meat together. But really, when you break it down, it was Seamus working over Biggie for 90% of the match. Biggie makes a comeback, hits some moves, hits some, and, and wins. And then you jump forward to the Corbin Riddle match. Corbin works over Riddle for 90% of the match and then Riddle hits some moves and wins. It was the WWE template match. It's what uh, Vince did with Hogan. So he's just done that for the last 35 years. That's how you get a big guy over. When you do it two matches back to back, it really exposes that format and it just makes the matches feel quite boring and sluggish. Yeah, to an extent, I'd I'd say the same about Keith Lee and Randy Orton. You just didn't notice it because it was condensed into six minutes as opposed to ten or fifteen. Uh, you know, it was it was a lot of Randy headlocks. That was a lot of Randy's heat that he got there. When I think what's more engaging as a modern style of wrestling is a bit more back and forth, particularly when they're two big guys as impressive as Sheamus and Big E. There was a great Sheamus spot where he just ran through Big E with a big boot while Big E's on the floor. And the camera's looking at Big E and just this stiff elbow right down onto Big E's throat. I, I, I like the physicality of it. Uh, Big E reversed a bro kick into a powerbomb. Big ending for the win. Yeah, they're continuing that push of Big E. Surely we've got to be building into a Big E Roman feud down the line here over the title. Like if they, we're really driving home this, this, this Big E push. I could totally see them doing that. That's the, my, my other big takeaway from Payback was it was a push for Big E. It was a push for Riddle. It was a push for Keith Lee. Roman is this new heel champion. It kind of felt like, you know, there's mm. a lot of cool momentum you can ride here going off. Like, you know, I think this biggie push is something that can really work for the SmackDown and make it really interesting to watch. And that's being particularly helped by the amazing promos he's cutting on Talking Smack. Yeah. So uh, I, I think the Intercontinental title first. I, I would like to see The Miz and him I see title feud. I think that's a, a more natural progression. But yeah, definitely down the line, Biggie versus Heel Roman would be awesome. I'd really look forward mm -hmm. to that because you can kind of play the whole Usos into that. Maybe the Usos come back, their heels. You've got that Usos family with Reigns versus the New Day. Ooh, there's some context there. Uh, so after this, um, we got the, the sort of WWE backstage interview, a clone machine. 
um, created a new one because Renault Young's left. We got Elise Ashton, who has apparently been with the company since January, as she made her pay-per-view backstage interviewing debut here, where she introduced the bodacious Barefoot Bro, going to every length possible to make Matt Riddle seem uncool. And then they kind of managed it because she said King Corbin earlier today called you a failure in the ring. Like he's going to prove you're a failure in the ring and you're already a failure at home, which is quite transparently a reference to the, the affair that Matt Riddle admitted he had last month in July, which was off the back of the cheater, the person he cheated on his wife with accusing him of sexual assault in June. And it's just like, I'm all for weaving in real life with storylines. I, 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 lo- I love when wrestling promotions do that. But to, to use something like this, which is you know highly charged and off the back of criticism against the company, that they haven't taken accusations against Velveteen Dream or Austin Theory seriously because... WWE claimed their investigations. A lot of the people who initially accused Dream, they claimed they were never reached out to by those investigations. To have that floating around in the background and then to turn an unrelated but same ballpark thing into storyline fodder, like it didn't even create any more heat. Well, that that's it for me. Like this was, A, it was, it's, deta- it's distasteful anyway, but... This wasn't the story of the match going in. Like they've been telling a completely different story on SmackDown leading into this match. Like the story's been sort of like, you know, this bounty that, that Corbin's got and Shorty G trying to get this bounty. So for all of a sudden, 30 seconds before your match starts being like, and here's the new story of the match now. And then none of that plays into the actual match itself. It raises the question like, well, what was the point? Mm. What was the point of even attempting to blur the lines of, of reality and fiction? if you're not even going to try and capitalize on on it for anything. So like, what was the point? I don't know. Heyman's on SmackDown. I know he's not got any sort of booking powers, but I felt his fingerprints on this show. I, I, I very much felt like the main event was a Paul Heyman-designed match. Lots of finishes, oh, uh, yeah. lots of big schlocky spots. Matt Riddle feels like a Paul Heyman guy. I think that's even been brought up in interviews before. You know, that they were obviously grooming him for a match against Brock Lesnar. I imagine Heyman was working with Riddle on that. This to me seems like a sort of Heyman thing that they could have done. I don't know. Or maybe it's WWE. I don't know. I'm just speculating there, of course. Uh, But this turned into a match. And for me, look, King Corbin is great. I do get a kick out of him. He's got a fantastic moveset. He gets heat like few other people in the company do. And arguably in modern wrestling. But he has the same freaking kind of match all the time. And as you already said, Luke, it was the same kind of match that we just saw with Sheamus and Big E. I struggled to maintain my interest here. And I, I didn't feel like it built Riddle off the back of it. I am so glad I had Sean on my stream during this match because at least like, because if I, if I'd have been doing this part of the stream on my own, I'd have really struggled to find anything to Mm. say about it. But thankfully like Sean was there to add some charisma and like he made that, he made the point during my stream that Matt, like Corbin, as you say, he's got his moves and he just does those moves. Like he has got one match and he'll just, and he does that one match very, very well. And he gets them into the head and arm choke. 
And Sean was like, are you telling me that Matt Riddle, MMA fighter Matt Riddle, can't work out how to get out of this hold? Like, it's just like, I don't buy it. Absolutely don't buy it. And this match didn't need to be the Baron Corbin match. It would have been so much more effective if, if Riddle had just gone in there. And like the Cassius Ono match that he had at TakeOver. Yeah. Gone in there, knee to the face, bro to sleep, floating bro, and picks up the win. Because like Corbin doesn't lose anything off that because Corbin's going into this with all of this cocky heel arrogance that he is much better than Matt Riddle is. So Matt Riddle catches him off guard and pins him really quickly. And you can play that off into the story, particularly because this feud must continue. Mm. Corbin just attacks him after the match. Like, why is Corbin so mad that Riddle just beat him in a regular match? Surely embarrassing Corbin and to, to set up his attack later on would have made this this match way more effective, the attack way more effective, and built some heat into the feud itself. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Um, so at this point, I've written here, Wrestle Talk was losing to the Wrestle Luke live stream, <laughs> 2,000 uh, viewers to 2,500, but we had all the key demos. Mm, well, you know, sometimes it's not all about the demos, mates. Sasha Banks and Bailey versus Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax. Legit had my favorite match of the night. Who would have thought going into this match that A, yeah, probably match of the night, B, easily the finish of the night, and C, might be my new favorite team? Like, like Nia Jax's celebration here was, it was something else. And it was just, it's the most character she's ever had on the main roster. Yeah, I think she's playing up a shtick where she thinks she's better friends with Shayna than they are because they won the championship. So, th yeah, let's just go through this match. It was a really well-told story of Banks and Bailey being incredibly effective together at the start because, of course, Nia and Shayna were struggling to coexist. Nia took a spill outside early. But then the tables kind of turned, and there's this wonderful moment when Shayna is in the ring and she's looking at Nia and Shayna's been working over Banks for a bit, I think. And Nia looks at her and verbally says out loud, we can win this. Yeah. And Shayna just goes, and from there, it's just such a wonderful way to turn around the whole character dynamic. From there, they start to go at, like they start to get on top. But then Banks and Bailey have this really, really close near fall. Uh, Banks hit a frog splash on Nia and... Shayna's running in to break it up, but Bailey catches her with a belly to Bailey. And you're like, oh my God, that's the finish, right? Nia kicks out. And there is this, it's like my favorite image from the entire pay-per-view. Sasha Banks just prone on her, on, on her stomach on the mat, like with her head in her hands. And she looks up and Bailey's looking right back at her. And that's the moment kind of where they lose the match because they're like, we, we're struggling here. Like that's the doubt of this whole mm -hmm. role model act. And yeah, extrapolates out to Shayna killing them both. I'll let, I'll let you describe the finish. It was amazing. This finish was Bank, uh, Baszler locks in the Kirifuna clutch onto Banks. Not to be content with that, she also gets a leg vine in on Bailey. Not content with that because then like Banks is starting to get out of it. So she grabs Bailey's arm and chokes out Banks with Bailey's own arm. It was like, you know, whichever way around it was, but it was just, it was absolutely incredible. It made Baszler look so like, this is the submission magician that they've been saying that she is, as opposed to she comes mm -hmm. in and she bites people's necks. She's a vampire now. <laughs> this is, <laughs> I forgot that this was is, a thing. 
this is what Baszler is, right? Like, mm. this is how you book Shayna Baszler. It totally worked. It was a great finish to the match. Easy, the best finish on the show. Probably one of the best finishes they've had this year. Mm. Made Baszler look wicked. Nia Jax doing some great character work after that was also brilliant. Banks and Bailey then selling it. Like, there's so many ways you can look at this. Like, you know, they they kind of beat each other. Banks and Bailey, that is. Did Bailey tap out because when she's got up one belt anyway? So does really losing one of the other belts hurt her? Does her her credibility? But now Banks has got no belts. She went from being Banks two belts two weeks ago to being Banks no belts now. There's so much on this. The only sadness of this is that this is the last of the golden role models on all three shows. Well, we've had we've been spoiled to be honest these last few months. I've I've loved having Banks and Bailey across Raw and SmackDown feuding with Asuka, feuding with Kyrie Sane, now Shayna Baszler. Uh, but I that this match was so good. I'm really quite into the Shane and Nia dynamic. Uh, and they had a they had a, a backstage segment earlier on before this match where they were trying to train and they got in each other's way and they're both like, oh, I hate you. No, I hate you. And it was terrible. Like it was mm-hmm. really bad acting. It was just get off my screen. This is awful. But put them in the ring and let them tell that story through wrestling. It sucked me in. And now I'm really looking forward to seeing their next the next thing they do. Well, the other key to it is for me that Nia Jax going out there and acting the way that she was, like the screaming celebration that she mm. had, and like it didn't feel like it was scripted. It didn't feel like a writer sat down and was like, make a reference to giant haystacks or haystacks Calhoun or whatever, call her the Adams family, all this sorts of nonsense. It wasn't terrible WWE writing. This was a wrestler going out there and adding something to their character that felt spontaneous and it mm. felt organic and it felt legit. And I think that's why it's worked. I, I can tell you now, when we get a backstage segment between these two on Raw tonight, it's going to kill this feud dead because they'll <laughs> just have awful dialogue back and forth again. Yeah. Um, so after that, we got the Keith Lee-Randy Orton match. We already covered that. Great stuff from Keith Lee. Uh, then we got Seth Rollins and Buddy versus the Mysterios. This was the match I wanted at SummerSlam. I kept saying after SummerSlam, look, you know, I get that people liked it. A lot of people liked it. You know, Dave Meltzer called it one of the best laid out matches of the whole card last Sunday. Apparently, Jamie Noble is the guy, the producer who works with Rollins to sort of put his matches together like that. For me, it wasn't for this was Dominic's debut, like in ring debut. I wanted more. I just wanted to wanted him to go at Seth for five or 10 minutes, loads of smoke and mirrors. That's it. What we got was a kind of performance art piece of Dominic just getting beaten up over and over again. Dominic's mum walks out. Ray can't do anything. I just, I never got into it. This match, however, it is just the Mysterios working a very classic WWE style tag match with the Monday Night Messiah faction in that they get to run wild a bit. They get to have the revenge. But then it's just build the heat on him. Hope hope spot. Nope, cut him off. Hope spot. Cut him off. And then you get that cathartic tag at the end. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, it's, I, I know a lot of people really liked the, the SummerSlam match. I thought it was pretty good. Kevin Clifton on Gorilla Position said that he cried watching that match. He got so emotional uh, during it. I it, it it didn't have that same connection for me. I, I certainly didn't mind it, though. And I, I liked that they used the, the Seth... Dominic match to build this tag match kind of wish they hadn't also done it on Raw because mm. it sort of raised the question of like well why weren't Retribution out for this match then if they were so mad that they attacked them last on you know six days ago 
why aren't they doing the same thing now? But, you know, uh, that aside, God, this match was fun. Really, mm. really fun. And you're, you're absolutely nailed on the head there. That cathartic hot tag at the end where they run wild and they get the pin and they pinned Buddy Murphy. And wow, I mean, Seth didn't look too pleased about it. Um, yeah, really didn't look too pleased. You could almost say that I, I think that he almost had this face about him. Okay. Oh, uh, for, for podcast listeners, Luke just flashed up uh, a picture of me and Laurie having all of the fun, all yep. of the fun in our live reactions. Yep. That's just, you, 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 but look, yeah, you look like you're having more fun, but you're putting on fun. So <laughs> the thing you're missing out there is when the, the, the finish was fantastic. This was another really good finish for a match. Um, Seth Rollins runs into the corner to do that sort of pout buckle bomb high kick spot from Buddy on the apron. But Rey Mysterio reverses it. Seth is driven into Buddy's kick. That was that was the bit that sort of unraveled their whole act and, and led to the loss, really. So, yeah, those two things teasing a bit of dissension. I, mm. I, I'm surprised Seth hasn't been ridden off TV yet. Of course, he's got his pregnant wife or fiance rather becky lynch at home uh i don't know how much longer he wants to be working during a pandemic in that situation so maybe this that they're building to riding seth out soonish maybe, maybe seth doesn't believe in it maybe he's one of those people <laughs> could be um but yes really fun stuff from dominic that dominic is great really he's especially in this when he's protected by a lot of other oh, people yeah so and actually you know shout out to dominic that's three matches he's had in WWE now. You know, the SummerSlam match, the match on Raw, he's not Mr. Beat. He's yeah. been, he's doing really, really well. He's not slipped up. He's not made a tit of himself. Fair play to the lad. Absolutely fair play to the lad. And not just in ring, you know, he's done months and months of angles beforehand. And I've always enjoyed him in those little mm. angles that he does. So, well, yeah, it's exciting. It's exciting to have a young person doing well on Raw. Uh, yeah. But the main event was Roman Reigns, not really there, versus The Fiend versus Braun Strowman. The Fiend makes his entrance. He gets attacked at the end of his entrance just before the lights come up by Braun Strowman, who's a big, bald train. And they have a Paul Heyman match. Lots of finishers. They get some kind of mallet came out. I can't uh, believe there's some kind of mallet made a return here. I haven't seen that since Hell of Cell days. Mm. Of the, and it, it was literally... Some kind of mallet. Or hammer, he did say. Some kind of mallet or hammer. And yeah, the the they brawl up to the stage. Braun tackles Fiend off the stage. They both go through a technical area. Alexa Bliss is shown watching from backstage. She's twiddling her hair, looking more and more like Harley Quinn. But that's surely got to be building to some kind of relationship with either Braun or the Fiend. And they get into the ring, they hit a superplex, the ring breaks, and that's when Roman Reigns turns up like it's Royal Rumble 2017 or whenever it was when he was injured for the whole match and he was taken to the back and then came out at the end with Paul Heyman. He signs the contract and this just got over to me, like what a heel he's being presented as. He runs into the ring. You know, what a what an opportuni opportunistic thing to do as a cowardly heel, really. But a badass heel, a smart heel, one might say. And he's got the chair and he still uses the chair, but Fiend goes back at him. Yeah. So he kicks Fiend in the dick and the Fiend rolls out. He spears Strowman. He wins. Roman Reigns is your new Blue Universal champion. 
I was one of those people that did have my doubts as to whether or not <laughs> Roman was actually a heel. Because I looked at the the attack that he did at SummerSlam, and I was like, "That's just badass Roman. It's the it's the badass Roman that we've been that we've all been asking for." Absolutely, I think that's what they're doing here. I looked at the angle on SmackDown as more of a face turn for Paul Heyman than I did a heel turn for Roman Reigns. Here, though, holy heckins, one hundred percent was this man a heel. Not only did he come out late in the match, he got, tried to get. He did multiple pin attempts on The Fiend and argued with the referee. He did the Steve Austin beatdown of the chair angle that they did at a WrestleMania X7 with The Rock. He was totally kicked one of them in the dick. Unless you're Seth Rollins, in which case that's a babyface move. He was completely a heel here, which is really exciting. It sucks that he's still got that same awful music. Like, you know, change that I up. I like the music. I was I saying on the like... I was saying on the live reactions. I am so ingrained to boo when I hear that music. There's no you wouldn't want to change it. Yeah, but it's like it's you. Maybe you're right. But I had this about. Dun. Dun. I had this when Bailey first turned heel, and she was still using her old entrance music. I'm like, I think if you're going to change the character, you need to change the music. And now they have, and I think that's helped enhance her character a little bit more. But she thought she was a she thought she was a baby face yeah, still. Exactly. I, I think that makes sense. But I don't think Roman Reigns thinks that he's a babyface. He knows that he's a heel here. Uh, he's got a banging and... tune. He's too badass. He doesn't need to change his music. Uh, he's got I, the top I, I, on, I, I, And to be honest, like it doesn't really matter at the end of the day. At least he wasn't wearing the flak jacket. And he went out there, acted like a total heel, and he stole the title from The Fiend. Mm. So that report that came out last week, that Roman is pegged to be the number one heel on SmackDown with Strowman just behind him, and The Fiend as the top babyface star... It's completely it. Like a few people have asked, like, why bother giving the fiend the title if he's only going to have it for seven days? Just leave it to Roman. For this reason, because Roman stole the title from the fiend, you're supposed to feel sympathy for the fiend now and want him to get the title back from that dastardly bastard that stole the title from him. Yeah, it's not ideal that the fiend's lost, but let's be honest. The whole first year of The Fiend has not been ideal. Uh, we've been asking for a Roman Reigns heel turn for so long, like five years, half a decade. It's happened, and they're doing a bloody good job with it. The Paul Heyman stuff, the presentation of his character, the teeth, the teeth, Luke. I, I'm overjoyed. Um, I, I feel bad about The Fiend, yeah, but I'm, I'm optimistic because Paul Heyman seems to be involved in some way. And that just get, that just gives it a bit more hope than usual. Uh, overall, I thought this was a four out of five show. I gave it same ranking as SummerSlam. Um, I think, you know, in the grand scheme of things, it's probably more like a three out of five, just because the it's more like I'm thankful that they have given us clean finishes relatively and not loads of stupid angles. Uh but yeah, I'm I'm pleasantly surprised. I like this from Dean. So the feed is some kind of face now. Some kind of face. I uh I I didn't like the main event. I'll I'll be honest with you. I thought because there's too many logic holes in there of just like mm. what's well, so a Roman could just sign the contract halfway through a match. Because if that's the case, why doesn't everyone do that? Like why doesn't everyone like use that loophole? So I, I didn't like the way that the match was laid out. I did say, like, before it started, this match is nowhere near going 10 minutes. But at the end of the day, 
I'm kind of excited to see what they do with Roman next. So mm. yeah, I'm kind of into it. Overall, though, I thought it was a perfectly solid show. I would have given it a three out of five because I thought that the undercard was you know, broadly fine. But there were some really golden moments on this. I thought the Shea, uh, the Shayna Nia stuff was great. Uh, Keith Lee pitting Randy Orton is spectacular. I think, you know, Biggie picking up a win, Riddle picking up a win is really good signs. I think the the implosion of Banny, Banks and Bailey is really good. And Roman is your new champion to try and build this fiend babyface with his Harley Quinn. Alex- and, you know, uh, Laurie did an excellent explained video on the fiend mm-hmm. where... He has taken a lot of inspiration from the Joker. And I think then to have his own Harley Quinn in Alexa Bliss, who has done Harley Quinn cosplay in, in wrestling before, could create a really cool dynamic for SmackDown. So yeah, I'm 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 excited for the future. So but yeah, for me, solid three out of five show. Good stuff. If everyone has any more super chats, get them in now. Ding, ding, ding. It's four o'clock. We've gone over the hour mark, so we're going to have to rush through all these super chats to get through them. old times, mate. Uh, DB, but thank you everyone so much, of course, for your money. DBZ Psychologist, Keith Lee call-up reminds me of Kevin Owens' win over Cena in his call-up. That was probably the last great NXT call-up to this extent. Yeah, absolutely. I think it might be. I, I think the Kevin Owens one is absolutely the best call-up we've had uh, recently. Alan Monson, thank you, Mr. Davis, for bringing back Luke. It's only temporary. Like you always say, you know what the fans want, I do. Also, is Keith Lee's next feud against only Drew, or will Orton also still be involved? It's like I said on Monday, I think it's a triple threat feud. Hopefully. that I think that's definitely the best way to keep Keith Lee in that main event scene. And Shu Kamal. Hello, Mr. Davis. And the other Wrestle Luke one. Do you think Keith Lee would be champion by next WrestleMania as Vince is high on him? Since the pandemic, despite how the bookings the booking has been, most of the pay-per-views have been good. Mm, yeah. And <clears> you know why that is, Anshu Kamal? They've been two and two hours, two and a half hours. It's sweetness. It's a sweet time for a wrestling show. Not not four, not five, not six hours. Two and a half. Oh, it's tasty. I think Keith Lee will be. I, I don't think he'll get a championship at WrestleMania, no. Uh, but but soonish after that, maybe late next year. Andrew Buckley has a new era started from SummerSlam. Roman returns. Roman teams up with Heyman, and Keith Lee wins clean. Welcome to your never see it coming era. It's the Thunderdome. They've definitely had all these plans in place that they've held off on until they could make the production more enticing to viewers. Absolutely, yeah. So yeah, rather than the you're welcome to the you, you'll never see it coming era, it's the Thunderdome era. We've had the, mm. the pandemic PC era. Now we're in the Thunderdome time. Marcus Roman, I was rather upset with the ring implosion. Made not sense to me compared to other spots in the past, especially referee Charles looked ridiculous trying to fall out of the ring. What's your opinion? Eh, it, it, they like doing them with big, beefy men and they're big beefy men it's like someone that is like it makes no sense when you have 30 men doing battle royal spots mm-hmm. when the ring doesn't break and i was like yeah but these lads are big these are big beefy it's not gonna break with zach riders in the ring is it but you had a braun Strowman in there and it's gonna break i think ring break spots you always need to have a crowd there it just that that's what it's there for it's for the crowd in person to freak out i just didn't get that same thing so i i agree with you marcus it felt a, a bit schlocky for 
for schlock's sake. Fabio Geronimo. Shouldn't WWE push their two best workers, Sasha and Bailey, to the moon, read as Cameron Grimes, with, the, with their match being postponed until next year as the main event of WrestleMania? Hashtag Team Luke. I thank you very much. Hashtag Team Luke. Give me a yes, please. I don't think that WWE see them as a main event program for WrestleMania. I, I just I don't think they see them as as that big time. Uh, it was going to be a WrestleMania program this year, but yeah, not not a main event. No, not main uh, event. No. Look, the the story as great as they are, it's time now for this to start happening. So I've not got a problem with it. Dances with AK forty sevens. Also, OMG Baszler looked like a badass vampiric submissionist. That double tap made her look like the best best women's wrestler in years, in my opinion. Amazing. Thought she looked great. Amazing stuff. T5R Reaper, what's your thoughts on Alexa Bliss possibly being Sister Abigail? Well, I mean, it's about time they did it, I guess. I, I'm, I'm less into her being Sister Abigail, more her being the Harley Quinn to uh, the Fiend's Joker. Yeah, just make her Sister Bliss or something. You, it, Sister Abigail should be something else entirely. Uh, Marjo32, fans, stop trying to make Sister Abigail a thing. I, Mar- yeah, they can't, Marjo. They can't. Wrestling fans have got two booking stories. Split up the new day, and one of them is Sister Ab. One, someone is Sister Abigail. Now Bailey Sting's happened. Yeah, <laughs> Mister Kajilli. The next step for Alexa is to get a bat, and she destroys Nikki, even damaging her legs with the bat. Mm. Some kind of bat, Mister Kajilli. Again, not all big people from NXT get look get overlooked. At Alexa Bliss, definitely not the biggest, but one, if not the most successful call-ups. What should she do now? Well, yeah, it's, so di- I think it's the- different for women. They need to be yes. blonde. Yeah, and I think for women as well, when they brought up uh, all the women from NXT, and it, WWE's women's roster was so sparse that they had to bring them up and start mm. pushing some of them. Otherwise, they wouldn't have had a division at all. Um, but yes, I, I think if you're a guy, you've got to be big. So, but yeah, for Alexa Bliss teaming up with uh, The Fiend, they were very much setting that up in on this show and have been on SmackDown as well. Would you uh, like me to take over? Yes, go ahead, yeah. Uh, WWE Miscellaneous and Shu said, will Baszler and Nia be across all three brands now? I mean, they can, but I can see them being sort of Raw exclusive. I think the belts being back to being sort of a Raw exclusive thing. Like, yeah, that's where all Baszler the teams are. Yeah, well, exactly. Like, Baszler and Nia don't really have a need to go over to SmackDown at this point. Uh, Kevin says, unrelated to anything, have you seen Sami Zayn use the name Not Renee on Talking Smack? Fortunately, he used it for Kayla and not Sarah. I did see that, yeah. Well, I think that Sami Zayn's a witty guy. I'm a witty guy. We can independently come up with witty things to say, which are often the Uh, same. Rackadine123 said, are you guys saying that I should start watching WWE again? Start giving them my money again? You guys have been giving it high ratings like you do AEW. Their relative ratings. If this was an AEW show, it'd be a two out of five, honestly. Um, so, so yes, it, it's 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 comparatively good to WWE's last couple of years. If that sounds like the sort of product you want to watch, give it a go, go. for it. Michael Riley, uh, I wouldn't have minded that Matt Riddle promo as much if Riddle had gone out and beat Corbin quickly and be serious until he wins. Yeah, absolutely. I still would have minded it for the record. Quinton Whitfield, quick question. Do you think the Undisputed Era should go to Raw or SmackDown? Hmm. Selfishly Raw, because we review that. 
Absolutely. Dancers with AK-47s, Jericho's character is like DC, grittier and more realistic, which is why the money stuff works with him. WWE is more Marvel. I'm not sure you could say that Jericho's character is gritty and realistic at this moment. He's having a Mimosa Mayhem match <laughs> at All Out. Yeah, and WWE is the more Marvel family-friendly type. They just ripped out a guy's eyeball. <laughs> Maddie B. Wrestling. Seth is so good with his expressions. Loved it. Yeah. WrestleManiac. How does this sound? Seth keeps showing disappointment in Buddy, recruits two new people. We get uh, a divide tease, Seth and Buddy, until it climaxes with Murphy brutalizing Seth to written uh, to write him off so you can make Buddy a top heel. Uh, I think I, I always like the idea of Buddy rising up against Seth. I thought that was the story they were going to tell with these eye pop out spots. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I mean that's, that's one you, way to do it. That's how you could write Seth off, to be honest, is with Buddy doing the eye spot to him. Mm. And Seth has to go take time off. You know, he doesn't come back for a year. Um, Jordan Trapedo. Hey, Sir Luke Owen and Mr. Davis. What happened with Retribution? Are they afraid of pay-per-views or something? Also, why do they book Braun to be such a dummy in the ring? Yeah, and to take all the piss, uh, the pisses, the losses. <laughs> I was trying to say <laughs> pins and losses at the same time. It takes um, all the pisses. It takes all the pisses. It takes all the pisses out of himself. Uh, <laughs> and what happened with Retribution? We just think they don't have a plan and they throw them in when they feel like it. Yeah. And Shukamal, draft is coming up. What are your predictions of superstars being shaken up? Here's my prediction Roman uh, to Raw, Drew to SmackDown. Ooh. They want to raise those Raw ratings, man. And how better to do that than with Roman Reigns? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but they, they want SmackDown ratings to be best. Uh, Undisputed Era. Undisputed Era to Raw. Either that or AJ moves back to Raw because Heyman's now on SmackDown and he left Raw <laughs> to try and avoid working with Paul Heyman. Um, <laughs> so this this is one of my favorite new uh, usernames. Big Rook for 2316. Luke Owen fan. Uh, I've seen, I see you typing your comments. A physical championship for Luke's name to be on, because I will be the inaugural Jam That champion. Well, yeah, the, the plan is, of course, to get a physical championship, but uh, i tell you one thing. Luke's name ain't going to be in it. We'll see. We'll see it all out. Can I get a yes, please? Get rowdy up in the chats. Peter Mullins, Mr. Davis for champion, always being Team Davis, foot, foot, for live. Thank you, Mullins. You're one of the good ones. Part of the Ollie authority. <laughs> Kevin Conn come back to us Ollie you and Luke have always been the best tag team jamps he's dead to me Kevin Colosopia support Mr Davis don't forget who lost your jacket I think Mr Davis needs more support screw that trader Luke Adam and Laurie just want to point out the reason that Ollie lost his first jacket is because he didn't listen to me if you'd have listened to me, we would have drawn the SummerSlam predictions two years ago. But you did not convince me! No, because you listened That's to Laurie instead, from, uh, and they were both wrong. Well, listening to Laurie has never once backfired on me. I can't think <laughs> of one storyline thing that's happened badly with that. So trustworthy. Uh, Peter Mullins, Luke Fort champion, always been Luke World Order. Jam, 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 for <laughs> Get rowdy. Hey, he had just said the same thing about me. Yeah, and you said that he's one of the good ones. You're absolutely right. He is one of the good ones. Um, Peter Mullins again. Oops, my macro for separate channels doesn't work when you're on the same show. I hadn't planned for this. Um, smoke bomb. Hashtag FTJ. 
I appreciate the tomfoolery, Mullins. But you're an asshole. Jobber JJ. Mr. Davis, future jam that champion. His son is his son is the jobber jumpion. Davis Family Rules Wrestling YouTube. FTF brothers have no chance in hell. Hey, I'm not part of Team FTF. Vadega Vega says Owens 613 says I just beat you properly. Can I get a yes, please? Give me a yes. Lame. Please. Lame. Peter Mullins again. The old authority will crush the Luke Surfer. Hashtag not rowdy. Pick a side. Pick a lane, Peter. You didn't you didn't pronounce it right. Sorry, did I not? The old authority. Because <laughs> it rolls Sorry. off the tongue. You, you gotta you gotta lick your hand afterwards. Which is you don't lick very, your hand. You just you very just do advisable. The, <laughs> just do the symbol of of it rolling off your tongue. It's, Ollie Thorin. You're telling people to lick their hand. It's okay, mate. Um, Ray Benshop, glad to see you back on the main channel, Luke. I literally laughed out loud at Jam That Championship. What a what a stupid, horrible thing to say, Ray. That's our prestigious inaugural championship. Come on, show some respect. Aiden Griffin, love this channel. Thanks for your hard work. Uh, it would be fun if Adam booked Gallows and Anderson's WWE run. Hashtag jam that jam. We'll pass oh, it, pass on, it on. on, yeah. Miguel Ortiz, ah, oh, jam that jam sign guy here. Got banned from the Thunderdome because he was representing jam that jam. Payback was a pretty good show. Questioning where do they go from here? Uh, question, Mr. Davis, you plan on getting a Notes 20? No, I, I try and get one new phone every four years because I think to get any more is consumerism gone wild. Oh yeah, I have got. I, I preach that very old iPhone everyone. here. Mm. I've got a very old iPhone here, and I'm going to keep on using it until it dies. Yeah. Um, Marjo, uh, win the tag team, then feud. Brilliant booking, JTJ. That's obviously talking about Naya and Shayna there. Um, and lastly, Jake Weeks. Payback is the best show of the lockdown era. Mo. Oh, I think I enjoyed SummerSlam more. I think I'd say. Uh, and lastly, from Hector Troy, Ollie Davis is the man. Team Davis will be champ. Come on, guys, get rowdy. Champ. Champ, it's pronounced. But thank you, Hector. That's all we've got time for today. Thanks for joining us for the Payback Review. Go over to WrestleTalk. Oh, we've got another one. Harriet Mangagel just said, really enjoyed Harriet. Payback last night. Let's get rowdy. Uh, backing Luke for the championship. Hashtag jam that jam. You're dead to me, Harriet. Oh, and Thanks, Harriet. Uh, and Shu Kamal also, did you notice the next pay-per-view date confusion? Yes, they said it was the 20th, but it's actually the 27th. Right. But they also said on the show it was the 27th. So mm. maybe just back-to-back pay-per-views is the new way forward. Oh, my God. No. <laughs> uh, but that's all we've got time for today. Thank you, everyone, ever so much for, for joining us here. Uh, stop with those goddamn get rowdies and the yes pleases. Me and Luke will be here for the rest of the week because that's part of the agreement. Luke will stay here until he loses all out two predictions where he will be gone forever from WrestleTalk and I will be the inaugural champion. I go and watch my payback review that went up earlier today. We've had another one. Don Trey Lawrence. Roman is the best. Roman number one. And go over to Parts of Unknown because we've got another Calling Spots episode up later today. I've been Mr. Davis. This son of a bitch has been lukewarm Luke Owen. I hate him. And that was wrestling. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.